I trust you can recognize that many will celebrate all kinds of blessings and kindnesses from the Lord. And yet, as some of the songs reflect, many will be lamenting, even in this Christmas season, and battling for faith to believe that Christ will indeed one day make his blessing known as far as the curse is found. So rejoice in both sorrow and in celebration at Christmas time, as we all, in hope, long for God's mercy in the lives of those that we love. Will you join me in Luke chapter 1? I want to read a few verses from Luke 1 and then Luke 2. We've been studying the nativity, meaning the circumstances around the birth of Christ. Our purpose in doing so was to realize that this whole story is a roadmap to joy. We're we're to come to this story again and again, and we do it annually, of course, but hopefully more often than not to be reminded that this was good news of great joy. We're trying to help you find joy this season and a joy that would abide into the coming year. Joy in what God has done in the miraculous incarnation of Christ for the merciful salvation of sinners. So we've had four sermons so far. We're studying the five main characters of the nativity scene to learn five lessons on joy. First, we considered the wise men. And they taught us the joy of pursuing the truth. Being people who, when engaged by truth, pursue it. Proverbs 2, wisdom is found by those who seek it like it's a treasure. Second, we studied the angels, who by their very definition and then by the mission they accomplished, teach us the joy of serving the king. Third, we looked at the shepherds who taught us the joy of sharing our hope, an overflowing joy, a joy that so fills us that whoever we bump into, we we slosh out a little bit of joy on them. Last week, we considered Mary and Joseph who taught us the joy of believing God's words, even when, as the angel admitted, they seem impossible. Will we believe this season and in the year to come that God can do the impossible? That his mercy knows no limit. That his grace overwhelms all opposition. Will we believe God's words to us? Today we look at the central character of the story the nativity story, the gospel story, the whole Bible story. The central character is the Son of God, Jesus the Messiah. Maybe there's someone here who has a nativity set at home that has the removable baby Jesus, and you don't put him in there until Christmas Eve or Christmas morning. Does anyone do that? No, no. 
Maybe I need to go back and explain then what I just quickly referenced. Some people have the nativity set with an, with an empty manger, of course. So all the Advent season, you're building up to that moment, as we heard in Galatians, that fullness of time when God said yes, and Jesus is born into the world. And so many times that central character is reserved for Christmas morning and he takes his place there in the manger, reminding us that he's the one that makes the story complete. So this morning we look to Jesus and we learn from him that we must find our joy in knowing the Savior, in knowing the Savior That last song concluded with that theme, knowing him will be my greatest joy, his throne, my resting place. Our text of the nativity story unfolds this idea of knowing. The angel even said, unto you is born a savior. And then he tells us how to know this savior, who is the promised one, the Messiah, the anointed one, Christ, the Lord. Your only hope of true joy in this life and in the eternal life to come is to know this Jesus, this Savior, this promised one of God, this Lord. You must turn from sin. That's the cause of all the ruin and brokenness in you and in the world around you. You turn from that sin in repentance, which is a a big word that just means I'm going to leave it behind because I found something better. I turn away from that because what is drawing me is so much better. It's why repentance and faith are like a two-sided coin. They go together. It's a turning from sin, but that same turning is a turning to the treasure, which is Christ. Unto you is born a Savior. Call him Jesus, Yeshua. It's Joshua in the Old Testament. In our New Testament language, it's Jesus. And it simply means our God is salvation. Call him Jesus. Because that's exactly what he will do. He will save his people from their sins. John said he'll be held up on a cross. And when he's magnified before the eyes of the world, he'll draw sinners to him. They will see that he's the great desire of nations. And they'll say, enough of my own sin and self-rule. I want his rule in my life. I want him as my king, as my savior. This is the path to joy, to see in the nativity story that Jesus is the central character of all the Bible reveals to us. To put our theme in another way that will hopefully help you remember, we could say it this way, Jesus is the joy. Jesus is the joy. So yes, we must find our joy in knowing the Savior. We say it that way to fit with the other four sermons. But to remember it throughout the day today and in this coming week of events, in order for you to fight for joy when even today might not go as expected, and certainly not the rest of the week, 
then remember this, Jesus is the joy. In our nativity story, Luke chapter 1, Mary, having encountered Elizabeth, whose baby John leaps in her womb at the encounter with Mary and the child in her womb, there's that joy and celebration, and then Mary exclaims, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. My spirit rejoices in God, in the Savior. Jesus is the joy. It is, it is what we joy in. Then, as the angels announced in Luke 2, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. What is the good news? What is the great joy? Well, we're not left without an answer. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. The good news is a Savior. The good news is the Lord. Jesus is the joy. Here's this good news of great joy, which is going to go to all the nations. And our message isn't just, I have good news of great joy. No, that, there's, there's, a, there's a synonym for good news, and it's Jesus. There's a synonym for joy, and it's Jesus. Jesus is the joy. This is what we learn when we think of the nativity scene minus Jesus in the manger. Wise men, fascinating. Angels, even more fascinating. Shepherds, boy, that, that resonates with us as kind of humble, lowly people. Mary and Joseph, simple people, trusting God at his word. We, we can appreciate that. But we want the joy that those people had. How did they find joy? What is this series of joy in the nativity all about? It's about Jesus. Jesus is the joy. This is our message for this Christmas day. And really, it hasn't changed for 2,000 years. The angels announced it. Here's the joy, a Savior. And so today, we're thinking on it again. Jesus is the joy. We could stop here. That's the sermon. And you would say, that's the best gift we've had in a long time. But I want to give you a few more thoughts, all right? I just want us to think on this theme, Jesus is the joy, and ask the question, why do we need to hear it so starkly, so simply? Why do we need to hear that Jesus is the joy? got five reasons, and I'm sure there's more if you think on this today and throughout this week. Why do we need to hear that Jesus is the joy? In part because, at least at times, it seems we want the material blessings from Jesus more than we want 
Jesus. We love this security blanket that if, if we kind of team up with God, then we think that means we get what we want and life is good for us. We hear the words, boy, if I ask anything in his name, I get it. And we don't really want to wrestle with what it means to ask in his name or according to his will. We just hear, great, I'll get it my way. It's, it's not too far down the path that we would label that the prosperity gospel. That somehow if you just identify with God and kind of get on his team, that everything will be great for you. But as we sang, this road is often scarred with trial and pain. At times, it just seems like we want the material blessings from Jesus more than we want Jesus. I don't think it's much of a stretch to say that the church has always struggled with this. In the very beginning story, that first advent of Christ, he comes He grows up, he begins his teaching ministry with the words, repent and believe for the kingdom of God is at hand. And the minds of so many that heard it thought, finally, escape from Roman dominance. Finally, Israel will have a king and and will rise again to the glory days. They wanted the material blessings more than they wanted Jesus who was right among them. And so that well-known summary that John gave us in chapter 1 is true. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. They wanted what he could do for them, but they didn't really need him. You contrast this with The life of Paul that unfolds in his letters to the churches and he says things like, for me to live is Christ. Jesus is the reason for why I live. Jesus is the joy. Paul says in Philippians 3 that he would give up anything to know Christ more. And additionally, he would suffer anything to know Christ more. Because Paul understood it's not having a lot that defines joy, and it's not being poor and destitute that erases joy. No, he knew that Christ, Jesus, was the joy that sustains us in either poverty poverty or wealth, in the bad times and in the good times. Jesus is the joy. It's not circumstantial. It's not based on material blessings that we number. Jesus is the joy. Why do we need to hear this? Number two, because at times we ask lesser things than Jesus to satisfy our craving for joy. We just want to escape a little bit from our problems, right? We just want some peace and quiet. And we ask lesser things than Jesus, who is the joy, to satisfy our craving for joy. 
We ask family to fill this deep need for joy. And it can't happen. The, the, the most Norman Rockwell family here in the room will not be satisfied with Christmas this season apart from Jesus. There'll be scuffles. Somebody forgot to turn the oven on, right? And when you get home, someone's temper's going to get a little going. Someone's not going to get every Christmas gift they wanted today, right? Somebody didn't make it home for Christmas. They, they had other plans or had to go to the other family, and it's, it's not perfect. It doesn't satisfy the craving, but we got to stop asking seasonal traditions of Christmas to satisfy our cravings for joy. We can't ask marriage to satisfy those cravings. We can't ask children or well-behaved children to satisfy those cravings. We can't ask a few years down the road in this job with certain promotions and, and then we'll really be in a good place. We can't ask the job to satisfy cravings. At times after feeling lousy for a while, you just think if I could just feel good, if I could just get back and get in the routine and have the energy that I used to have, you, you can't ask your broken physical body to produce enough good health to make you feel satisfied with life. Money won't do it. Success won't do it. Entertainment and fun won't do it. Sex won't do it. Drugs and addictions and temporary pleasures won't satisfy. So we need to hear again and again, not only at Christmas, that Jesus is the joy lest we ask lesser things to satisfy our craving for joy. So just stop asking all that other stuff to bring you fullness of joy. It's not found there. They can't produce. We receive so many of those things as blessings from our merciful God. But they must merely be a roadmap steering us to the fullest, most definitive experience of joy. Jesus, find joy in knowing the Savior more deeply. A third reason why we need to hear Jesus is the joy not only because we ask lesser things to satisfy our craving for joy, but third, we often settle for the partial joys of lesser things. Sometimes we're not even aware of that deep craving that we're trying to fill, and, and we're just easily satisfied with lesser joys. We believe the lies of the devil his lofty yet misleading promises that this will make you happy. And he fills in the blank, tapers it to our particular needs or desires or cravings. But as much care as we put into decorating the living room or wrapping the gifts or making the perfect Christmas dinner, so the devil prepares perfectly his lie to hand you today about what will make you happy. 
And the great struggle of faith is to reject that lesser joy so that it does not distract us from the greater joy. Hebrews 11, talking of Moses in Egypt, reminds us that there is pleasure in sin for a season, for some limit in in either its duration or its amount. It is limited, but make no mistake, it may look like pleasure, happiness, joy, when the devil describes it. But see it through. Take Take what the devil is offering and and submit this to the joy of knowing Jesus and find out if that is indeed a joy to be experienced in God's plan. Don't settle for anything less. What does it profit a man if he gains all of the temporal joys of this world, however he might find them? and yet misses the joy of Jesus. What does it profit a young person if they can do whatever it takes to be popular amongst friends? Whatever they have to do on social media, whatever they have to say, whatever they have to join in, whatever pictures they have to send, what does it profit to to mount up friends and never know the friend of sinners. What does it profit a man to work so hard that he can afford weekends at the lake again and again and again, and nicer cars than most of the people he knows, but to miss out on the joy of knowing sins forgiven by the Savior given? What does it profit us if we could pile up all the joys that December 25th gives us and we wring it out, gifts and family and food and some time off and rest and we, we, we gather up all the joys that we squeezed out of traditional Christmas and miss the joy that God has drawn near to us so that we could know him now and forever. We settle for the partial joys of lesser things. Why do we need to hear that Jesus is the joy? Because we send a mixed message about the good news of great joy for all people. If we don't remember Jesus is the joy, we don't do a good job sharing the good news. If we're so infatuated with lesser joys and then try to tack on at the end, oh, but Jesus is what we're really excited about, we don't make good missionaries and evangelists. We don't make good witnesses to our neighbors because they honestly looked at us and thought, our joy was really wrapped up in the Chiefs making the playoffs. Or, or, or they think our joy is wrapped up with, you know, having well-behaved kids or getting everybody home at Christmas because that's all we talked about. We need to hear that Jesus is the joy lest we send a mixed message about the good news of great joy, which is to be for all people.
It's good to have the Webbers with us. Hopefully Ron's recovered from a month in Ghana and Terry's recovered for a month without Ron. <laughs> but missions reminds us that, that that began here at the birth of Christ. We often looked at the end of his ministry, Matthew 28, and we think there it is, the Great Commission. And yes, there it is, the Great Commission. But it wasn't the beginning of the good news. The angel said, we have good news. And now it's not just in prophetic form and shadowy pictures and prophecies. Now it's right here in front of us. We can see it and handle it. The good news is a person. It's Jesus. And a lot of mission efforts were misguided over the years by thinking that the good news was American Christianity. Our dress code, our music, our buildings, our prosperity. And it was, I suppose, an innocent mistake, or at least an mistake in the sense of an imbalanced emphasis. But the reality is Jesus is the joy. We don't have a message to take to the nations of the liturgy of Grace Bible Church and here's what church looks like and here's what it sounds like and, and this is what Christianity is, this music we hear. No, our message is a savior is born. That's the good news. And if we're not careful, a lot of our evangelistic efforts are misguided because we think we're telling people they need to quit their smoking and drinking and, and, and they need to go to church. They need to be good like we are here across the street. But that's not the good news. That, that could be little more than the Pharisees, the very ones who rejected Jesus, though they looked really good, actually. No, our message is Jesus, the Savior, is born. Sin has broken everything. It's ruined by the fall. And he's come to restore, to reconcile, to redeem, to rescue. Think of all those words that describe Jesus' mission. Therein lies good news. And it's all centered on Jesus, who is the joy. Behold, good news of great joy. And they waited for what the angels meant, a savior. A savior. In Psalm 67, we read that this good news of Jesus will make the nations glad. We share the joy of Jesus, and they too are glad. They find out Jesus is the joy. Finally, we need to hear this. And really, this would be the concluding big umbrella thought. We need to hear that Jesus is the joy because at times we think that Jesus leads to joy. But Jesus is not a means to an end. Jesus is the end. Jesus is the joy. In our minds, I, I want us to have that echoing lest we think that 
Jesus is out there, and if I believe him and live life his way, then Jesus will lead me to some kind of joy. That'll be the good life. And, and we're putting joy then as the great end that Jesus helps us get to. Almost like Jesus can help me get to heaven. I can't wait for heaven. That'll be awesome. But that's not accurate. What little we know of heaven we can find there in Revelation. And, and what we see is that Jesus is the joy. He's the end, not the means to it. And he's the light of our existence there. And he's the center of our worship. And every, every glory will be his. And every voice will be directed to him. And we will sing again of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is the great end. He's not a stepping stone to the great treasure of joy that we're hoping to find. Jesus is the joy. Psalm 16 and verse 11, the psalmist writes, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, pleasures forevermore. The path of life, and where does it lead? Does it lead to Jesus, and he's the door to joy and pleasure forevermore? No, it leads to joy and pleasure forevermore that are found in Jesus, in his presence. That's the day to come. Right now, we know the presence of Jesus by his spirit, the Holy Spirit. And this means that joy can travel with us. You can leave here today and you take the joy in his presence with you. Oh, you'll know it in its fullness then, but you can know it now in part. And that joy can go with you to your Christmas gathering today. That will inevitably be marked by the sorrow of those who are not there, either because of death or because of travel plans. You can have that joy with you as you go into the new year and the job doesn't pan out like you thought it would. And life is hard and you can take it with you to the hospital room and you can take it with you to the funeral home and you can take it with you to the nursing home. You visit your loved ones and those whose bodies and minds are failing and it causes great anguish and sorrow and we'll need to remind ourselves, Jesus is the joy. Today's joy isn't found just in the decorations and everything going great and having fun. Just like all of life isn't joyful because everything's fun. Jesus is the joy. And so may we say with the psalmist in Psalm 104, verse 34, May my meditation be pleasing to him. For I rejoice in the Lord. Jesus is the joy. And today we celebrate this good news of great joy, a Savior. Heavenly Father, thank you for a child born, for a son given. Thank you for a promise kept, for a love demonstrated, for an atonement made, for a salvation won. 
Help us to rest in the sufficiency of Jesus for our joy. Receive our praise today for the wonderful counselor who guides us into all truth. For the mighty God who is strong in salvation. For the everlasting father who is faithful in his covenant love for his children. For the prince of peace who reconciles us to you by the blood of his cross. May every good gift of today, every simple pleasure, every temporal satisfaction point us to the fullness of joy who is our Savior, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.